Why Always Us is sponsored by Bet365 and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. The new season is already underway and Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With Bet365's Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello everyone, this is David Mooney. I host and produce Why Always Us, the Athletics Manchester City podcast. I wanted to start this week's show with an apology. As you all know now, City didn't lend the signing of Lionel Messi last week. On last week's show, me and Sam talked about the potential transfer and one of us was getting very giddy at the prospect, while the other was keeping their feet well and truly on the ground. I don't think it's useful right now to point the finger at any one individual, especially anyone who can be quoted as saying something like, I'm well on board the Messi train, or I'm about 95% sure it's happening or even Choo Choo, now arriving at Manchester Piccadilly, the messy train from Barcelona. So with that in mind, we're very sorry for jinxing the deal. And we'd like to move on to today's show. Thank you. So then, the messy dream is over. You're listening to Why Always Us, the Athletics Manchester City podcast. I'm David Mooney, and with me is Sam Lee. Hello. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, fine. Uh, Danny Alves was my Vietnam anyway, so anything since that is washes <laughs> over me. Seen it, seen it all before. Yeah, I honestly, I am so embarrassed for how how upbeat I was about it all last week, and then it's not happened. You know what? That doesn't matter though. Like, I, I would love to be in that position. Like, if I was if I was saying that, people. You know, there'd be articles written. I've seen it when I've tried to find articles with my own name in the past. It's like Man City journalist Sam Lee says on podcast this, this, and this. And it's like if I you know, if I was if I was saying that, it'd be big trouble for me. But you, you, you <laughs> back on. Like, I don't, like, I, I'm, just, I'm just a fan. City yeah. fans wanting to get carried away. That great. Like that. That is a great world to live in. But yeah, like you, you, you crack on, mate. Yeah. And I'm sure loads of people listening to this would have been would have been in the same boat. Um, I don't know. Let's let's yeah. hope something else happens and City can still sign him, and then all that all that optimism was was well placed. Well, let's let's get on to that because right well right now we're offering listeners the opportunity to try out the Athletic for free. You can enjoy all of the great writing on Manchester City, including all of the recent material on Messi, like Holly Kay's piece on why it's a loss for the Premier League, and the article Sam's worked on about the U-turn that it now. And the article Sam's worked on about what the U-turn now means for City. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod to sign up for a 30-day free trial. That's theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod. And Sam, I guess that, that piece gives you some sort of closure, did it now? It wasn't really closure because the suggestion I was getting was that, not that it didn't change a lot, the statement or the interview that he did, because it did change. It did change a lot. And now everyone thinks it's dead and it probably is. Um, and, you know, people aren't following Bartomeu around anymore. People aren't following Jorge Messi around every, anymore. People aren't getting his lunch order and all of that. Um, so, but So in, term, in that sense, it was closure. But I don't know. Um, like I say, the suggestion is kind of Bartomeu still needs to sell. Like They still haven't got a load of money. And we, we explained that theory last week that, you know, from a lot of people in Barcelona who were like, well, maybe Bartomeu does need to sell because that's the best way to um, fill a hole in Barca's finances, 
cetera, et cetera. Um, but obviously nobody wants to be seen as the bad guy. So now like Messi's kind of done that. He's, well, I will get into the mess. I'm not sure if he has kind of managed yeah. it in the best way because he hasn't got anything out of it. And he's still saying, he, well, he, he wanted to go, but he wasn't allowed to. It's like, I'm, I was, I obviously wasn't watching it as a Barca fan. I know a lot of Barca fans were thinking, yeah, this is great. He's having to go to the ball. But he was basically saying, well, if I was allowed to, I'd be off. Um, but I'm not allowed to. So let's do next season, shall we? But yeah, so I mean, if the theory is that Bartomeu needs to sell um, and it's all political and everybody's managing it, then it's kind of like he could be seen as a double bluff or call, at least calling Bartomeu's bluff in the sense that, well, I've said I'm staying now. So if you want to sell me, mate, and you need to. <laughs> it's over to it's you. Def- it's over to you, yeah. But I mean, look, the chances the chances of City signing them. I was, you know, I was always 50 50. I've gone back down to about 10. 10, 15% now, and that's a small 10, 15%. Um, and well, as well, much let me, as I on Friday night, I'm, I've I'm, got no desire to, to get people's hopes up about it. Well, let me tell you, I'm I'm nowhere near the 95% that I was last <laughs> week. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame. Like, I did a I did a podcast, I think, within an hour of his, of his interview, um, and I was answering, trying to answer some of the questions, and I, and like I say, like so from from my reading of it, like it's just such a weird thing, right? It seems to me weak in a way, um, from on Messi's part, because it's like, well, all we heard about was how there was no going back on his decision. He's decided this and he's definitely leaving. And it took one meeting and they've gone, Oh, well, we're not gonna be able to go, so better all right, then. statement and carry on. Yeah. But like like, like everybody, I'm just, like everyone, every City fan at first was like, well, he's just doing it as a ploy to get rid of Bartomeu. And like, I think I might have even mentioned last week, but the information I had early on in this saga was like, well, he would stay, like he'd, he'd go to City, but he would stay um, if Bartomeu, the board, Kuman go and Xavi comes in. But like, he hasn't got any of that. Like, it's just, it's such a weird thing. And like, that's why part of me thinks, it, you know, it could be like, you know, calling Bartomeu's bluff to an extent. Because if not, what has he got out of it? And like, there isn't really enough money because, look, the thing about selling Messi is City would, as far as I know, would would pay a fee and that fee would help Barca out and obviously the money would be off the wages and then they could go and invest in the squad. But like, in a normal summer, you'd maybe say Griezmann could go for the same kind of amount, 100 million or like Dembele or Coutinho or something. But in this market, there's not, an awful lot of clubs around willing to pay those kind of fees. So it's like, it is kind of down to selling Messi more or less to get that money back and to reinvest it. So Messi's staying, but they can't really reinvest. They're either trying to get Vinaldum or, or Tiago, and there's rumours of, of Depay, but it's, they can't really it's it almost sporting project that Messi wants. That's what I mean. Like, it's just, it just seems like... It, I mean, feel, it, it feels it's, like it's, everybody loses. Yeah, exactly. City lose, Barcelona lose, Messi loses. Yeah, I mean, yeah, more or less. But I mean, obviously, no team with Messi in can lose really because obviously the the massive upside is they they have still got Messi. But obviously, as we saw last season, that wasn't enough. Like, if your team's bad, if you're not run very well, then having Messi isn't enough because Barcelona didn't win anything last year. So, exactly. So, it's exactly that. Um, Yeah, it it was kind of a very unsatisfactory ending in, in... in that sense, obviously there'll be loads of Barca fans who are happy he's staying. But like I say, I'd probably say to them, obviously I can understand that, but Messi isn't enough um, to win things. And at the moment, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to recoup the rest of the money to, to you know, to get back on track. Like it all, like I don't know. 
it, it's very difficult to make the case that they would have been better off without Messi. But I don't know. There are a, there are a few reasons. Like you know, they, if they'd have banked that money and and moved on in a new direction, then great. But if they're they're keeping him, as I've said a hundred times already in the last two minutes, he on his own is not enough. Yeah. And they, if they can't put new stars around him to do it, it's almost like they'd have been better banking that money, securing their financial future, saying thanks for the memories and. And carrying on, but I mean, obviously, that's why everyone hates Bartomeu because he, like, even a lot of Barca fans wanted, or Barca fans on my Twitter at least, seemed like keen for Messi to go, and if as if to say, well, yeah, thanks for the memories, and you've earned it. But obviously, yeah. get out while you can, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, like, what do you think happens next? Because you know, officially, he's on a free next summer. He could sign a pre-contract in January. I mean, City will go back for him, surely. Yeah. In the, in the same way that in 2017 when it didn't happen, they went back now. Um, and obviously, look, it's own like. And the thing is, now normally we're talking about these transfer sagas. They're normally like July, and then you've got six months until January. But January's not that far off from where we are now. So if City don't, you know, if there's no development before the the transfer window closes in October, if this wasn't a play for Messi to kind of still get out but do it on his terms, which I admit kind of stretches the bounds of reality a bit. Um, you would think that because it's not like from January the 1st, City would ring up and say, oh, your contract's ended in six months. Do you want to talk? You know, they'd probably be staying in touch. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that that's always the thing. Like, do you remember, obviously nobody cares now because it was Alexis Sanchez, but do you remember when Alexis Sanchez fell through and because they couldn't quite get it done on the last day? But they were like, okay, well, we'll go back in January. But things change. Obviously, he still wanted to leave Arsenal, but he ended up going somewhere else. And that's the thing. And, like the the nearer they get to the end of next season, you know, Messi said when he told his family he wanted to leave, they were all crying and stuff. And you can you can understand that, you know, they they would genuinely love their life. And look, as much as I enjoy living in Manchester, it's it's not going to be for everyone. <laughs> if you're used to living in luxury um, near Barcelona, so the, and the nearer he gets to the end of next season, the nearer he gets, of course, to Bartomeu going anyway because of the elections. And there's just no way he's going to win. Like, there's no way he's going to win the next elections. The easier it probably is for Messi to be like. Well, he's gone now. The new guys come in. Javi's going to be manager or whatever it might be. Um, whoever, you know, whichever players they might get in. Um, and like, to me, if I'm guessing, as much as I think City would stay in charge and try and do it, if I'm guessing, it would it will just get much easier for Messi to think, I might as well stay. Because if he does, you know, if he does stay for the next four months, then he's got time for, for things to calm down. And he's also getting towards being 34. And he's like, well, I've only got a couple of years left anyway, so I might as well. Might as well see it out. Yeah, that, that's my that's my guess. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that City will go back because you know I think it's obvious now, given how much they tried this time. I, I mean, that's what, I suppose the thing best. is, like, why wouldn't you They'll ask the question? Back. Would you? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, see what's going on, and like, they might even try and like agree something now. But if, you know, in football, people are always like, oh, what about tapping up? But it doesn't matter. Like, forget it. Everyone does it. In fact, somebody like some Barca journalist tweeted that they were like, oh, if Messi goes to City, can can Barca? And like report them for t- tapping up, and another Barca journalist said, "What about Eric Garcia?" So like it's just <laughs> something that happens all the time. Um, so they could have an agreement, but obviously, despite all that kind of in quotes tapping up, they can't sign anything anyway. So even if they did find an agreement like next week, yeah, like there's a lot of time for things to change. So my guess on what happens next, as like I say, as a guess, is City will try and get him again, but I'd imagine it'd be much easier for him to to stay at Barca now. I'm interested as well, Sam, because you said earlier on that you're down at like 10, 15% that this transfer happens. That means they could still pay a fee for him this summer. Well, that's what, well, yeah, because and I've actually kind of got a record of these 
like this stages of my percentages because a guy asked me, I think it was last Monday when there was rumors about Messi not being happy at Barca or like some announcement coming. And obviously I'd heard the kind of things in the background that was going on at City. And I was like, that sounds a bit messy like. Um, so I was like, he was like, what's the chances? I was like, look, about 15%, mate. I was like, look, people would probably say in 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 that time then, 0%, you're just thinking, no, no chance. But I was like, yeah, I think, yeah, there might be something going on. And then that shut up. And then the night when it was announced that he was leaving and I managed to find out the city would go for it, I was still on about, I think I told him 35 because I was like, well, it still might be a ploy. I think it's probably a ploy. And then after a couple of days, I was like, it's not a ploy, is it? He just want to go. He, and then that's why I settled on 50. But yeah, I've, I've gone back down to that 10, 15 now because I do, think, I do think there is an element to it of the statement doesn't make sense. Nobody wins. Messi still wants to leave. He said he wants to leave. You know, he's not, he's not said... I love this club and I never thought about it. He did actually admit it. So if it does, if it were to end up happening, the fans wouldn't feel betrayed because he's told them exactly why he didn't leave. And it was because Bartomeu didn't. And now this is what I mean. If if the whole thinking behind it is Bartomeu needs to sell, and like I say, my my best source on it was saying this on Friday night. It was like, nothing's changed in that sense. They still need to sell. So if now Bartomeu is like, oh God, I could really, really do with selling this guy. If it gets to that stage where he needs to kind of fall on his own sword effectively and say, Lionel, you can go if you if you bring in an offer. And obviously then they'd be on the phone to City and they would do it. So I'd yeah, I still think it's possible. But like I say, I'm not getting anyone's hopes up, but I'm putting it down at about 10, 15%. And like I say, I know it sounds a bit like a conspiracy theory. I know it sounds a bit like I'm kind of convincing myself that it could still happen. And I do I do think there's some chance. But I'm, I wouldn't be telling people to go and get, you know, pre-ordering their messy shirts because I wasn't even last week when there was a good chance of it. Harry's sponsors Why Always Us, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. And they've now released their sharpest ever blades and added a new lubricating strip for an even closer, more comfortable shave. The best part, they haven't raised prices, so replacement blades are still as little as £1.75 each. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. And Sam, this got me thinking, who who out of the city squad do you reckon could do with a decent shave? Who looks like they they, they could do with a you know a bit of a, a bit of a clean up around the face? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Otamendi, I guess, is he's the only one I can think of that actually has a beard or facial hair. Does Aguero have it sometimes? Hey, Aguero the thing has with Otamendi is Otamendi can change his he can change his look, can't he? Otamendi, like I've seen him on Instagram, he's either looking like kind of <laughs> cool and fashionable and whatever, and obviously he's been shopping in all the expensive places around Manchester, or I don't know, it can be a bit of a, a wild man look. So I suppose depending on whatever look he's going for, then yeah, give it him and he can, he can sort himself out. And he then sort he can out, yeah. tattoo added to, well, just to, to, to mark um, the occasion. To compliment yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you, you not got, not got beard envy at all there, have you? Uh, I haven't, I haven't thought about it. Mine is, mine is what it is. It's not coming off because that would look even worse, but sadly it's not getting any better. So it is what it is. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, and I'll use the razor to, to, to trim underneath and keep it tight. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, as a listener, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support the show and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash why always us right now. That's harrys.com forward slash why always us. Looking kind of in a more general sense to the new season, because that is kind of creeping yeah, up on us at the moment as well. Um, does the fact that they've spent the last, what is it, almost a fortnight now 
with this messy story hanging over them. Does that has that changed anything for preparations for next season? Uh, no, no. As far as I know, it hasn't. Um, I, I was told while it was going on um, that you know that it didn't affect. The, in fact, no. I was told after our podcast that it didn't affect the plans. But you know, I still I did the story while it was going on about Koulibaly still being in the works. Um, and then after our podcast last week, I was told that the plans haven't changed. Um, annoyingly, actually, given it's September, I still haven't been able to say these are the positions they definitely want. Um, but like I said before, I don't think it's a midfielder. Um, I was told there's an alternative to Messi. Um, but, I mean, you would imagine that was a bit of a backburner job. With Koulibaly, you'd think they're just kind of working through the negotiations. But with the other guy, whoever that might be, I don't know, I'm guessing it'll be a difficult one to, to pull off. But there's still a month to go. Why is, um, why is Koulibaly no, taking so long? It's been it's been one that feels like it's been almost done for about nine months now. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's almost done because, like I was saying about the kind of current environment in the transfer market. Like I've said before, the whole the whole Koulibaly thing, and I think the reason the reason I think they will get it done is because they've said before they don't want another Harry Maguire. And in, in sense of Koulibaly, that means they'll pay up eventually. That's why I think they'll get it done. But you would say that by haggling for so long, it is risking another Harry Maguire. Um by some, or even another Jorginho, especially as it's Napoli. But I think the difference now is, apart from obviously Chelsea are spending these kind of figures, um, you're not going to have many clubs, I don't think, who can come in and say, well, City aren't paying this figure. We will we will pay it. Um, so I think I think that's why City can aff- or think they can afford to be a bit more casual with it. Um, what, I mean, what I heard was, well, I'd heard earlier in the summer that De Laurentiis had told Koulibaly that he could go for 80 million. So I was kind of thinking, okay, for City, if they get to 70 million euros, this is, plus a couple of bonuses, that'll do it. But apparently what De Laurentiis has been telling City is he wants 90. And like City have been saying, yeah, all right, Aurelio, we'll, we'll, get there. we'll get there, we'll get there. So it's just a kind of, and obviously this is all going, this is all indirect. This is all um, via Koulibaly's agent who's negotiating it. So it's dragging on because City are confident that they're the only kind of show in town. Koulibaly obviously has agreed some kind of deal with City. Uh, there's nobody else on the scene. It's unlikely that anybody's going to stump up the cash this late in the day, and they know that Napoli need to sell. So um, I think City have kind of been conf- confident that they can push it a bit. But I would imagine they would want him in before the start of the season. They'd probably want him in before uh, Italy ends up on a quarantine list or something. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was expecting more to have happened as as of now. You know, as we talk, it's seven pm on Sunday. I was expecting more to have happened over the weekend. But I'd, if I'm going to put my neck on the line and guess, I don't think it'll be too much longer before they get something done. And if they don't, then they they will have really had a shocker. But I do think they will. Yeah. Anything on Awar as well? Because there's been rumours about him, but I don't know how concrete that 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 kind of is. Well, look. Well, look. Um, I think I've said before. As far as I know, they don't want him. They don't want any midfielders. That is. Again, I checked on on Friday night, um, and the, the message was the same: no midfielders. And I asked about Awa. My source was like, "Why Awa?" I was like, "Well, people talk about it loads." He was like, "No, no, they don't, there's no more midfielders." I was like, "Okay." Um, but if you think about Awa, the rumours weren't just that City were interested in him. A lot of the rumours from like the City end, not like in L'Equipe or whatever in France, but you know the kind of forum rumours and stuff, um, and the stuff on Facebook groups was that. It had been done and they were waiting for the end of the Champions League. But I mean, patently, that's not 
true. Yeah. Like that just hasn't yeah. happened, does it? M- so, months ago, yeah, well, I, yeah, weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, like how are like no, it's and again, I I can look stupid here, and I can have a second Vietnam after Danny Alves, but I don't, I don't think so. No, I mean, I'm thinking. Obviously, I think they do need a midfielder. They probably could do with Awa, but it's not going to happen. But they definitely need a left back. And I think we mentioned last week when we were talking about Messi. Like, obviously, he doesn't. He probably wouldn't even play in that zone of the pitch. But just the fact that having Messi would much, much, much lessen that need for a left back that City have had for ages. Um, but surely, I mean, I don't. I still don't know. I'm annoyed that I'm not being able to say even that they do want a left back or not. But surely, like, surely they need to. Because everything was still a lot in of fans the works would be unhappy while Messi if, was going, but they really need it. Yeah, a lot of fans would be unhappy if, if they go into the new season with, with Mendy as the main left-back, you know, who's fine when he's not not injured, but then Zinchenko as your backup, and, you know, Cancelo can play over that side as well. It's It feels like an issue they've not solved time and time and time again. Exactly. And you've just got, really got to learn does. that lesson, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure, surely they have. Surely last year was that lesson. Like, every every five games or so, that was a stupid stat, wasn't it? I remember, I can't remember what game it was in lockdown, but Guardiola, I think they did, or they either did win or it was Chelsea when they lost. And it was something like Guardiola was like, well, look, we haven't won three games in a row all season or something like that. It was something mad like that. That might not be the exact one, but that's what I mean. That's That was the lesson learned every three games. Yeah. In terms of the, the Premier League, they kept getting undone by the same faults. And I'd be amazed if they went into, not into the new season, I suppose, but beyond the transfer window closing without a left-back. But unfortunately, and really annoyingly, I can't tell you for sure if they are if they are trying, but I mean, they'd be mad not to, especially with the money they clearly have got and the money they had clearly set aside for Messi. And like only somebody who was like a transformative talent like Messi would have made that not much of a problem. Like with Koulibaly strengthening in the defence um, and Messi um, up front, scoring goals and creating them out of nothing, then it would have been fine. I suppose the only other thing is if Ake plays left-back I was, I was just about to say, Ake gave an interview where he said he'd been training on different parts of the defence and I wondered how much of that might be left-back. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and in fact, now I'm saying that, I mean, people can message me about this later on. Has anyone tried doing a fantasy football team this year? It's absolutely mental. <laughs> like, it's so difficult to do. Um, I don't. I, it's just, it's impossible. And the worst thing is, like United and City don't play the first weekend anyway, so it's like, well, there's no point in putting in like De Bruyne and like even I don't know, like, and the fact that Greenwood and Rashford are midfielders is like you kind of need to get those in for the. It's just, it's just, a, it's a mad game this year. But now I'm thinking about Aki playing left back for five point five. That's probably a good bet if he if he does. But even so, it feels to me like they're trying to get away with one again. Yeah. And unless they say, well, okay, but we have spent 150 million on. Lautaro Martinez for whatever, or, you know, for, as a hypothetical. In fact, if it wouldn't even need to be that much, I don't think. But at least if they could say, well, we had an opportunity to bring in this guy who's great and Koulibaly, so there was no money left and Ake can do the job. I'm kind of thinking, okay, I'll let you off there. But if, for argument's sake, they were only to sign Koulibaly for whatever reason, I'd still think I'm con- very concerned about that left-back area. But, I mean, look, we, we'll have to see. 
This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the experts in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped has just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, so you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents, and the water-resistant technology also allows you to groom while you're in the shower. And we've got a special offer right now for all of you listening to this podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the code EPL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code EPL20. Happy shaving. Well, let's let's talk about the shape that City are in at the moment because one of one of my biggest worries. I don't know if this if this is worrying other City fans at the moment, but one of my one of my biggest worries for the new season is that simply because it, it's so close to the the end of the last season and, and yeah, the yeah, way the yeah. season was going, what's stopping next season just being a continuation of last season with the same problems? You know, missing chances, exactly. being too easily counterattacked against. You know, giving up goals when you really shouldn't give up goals, failing to score in games that you are where you're not on the door continuously mm. like th- there's there's been barely any time to iron those problems out and if the if the squad is is as it is now with maybe just Koulibaly you know added to it is that enough to stop those problems happening yeah well it's a good question um so I'd written last week preparing for a bit of time off um I'd written the season preview and it was like, well, we don't know. So this was like last Tuesday or Wednesday. I was like, we don't know if they're going to sign Messi or Koulibaly yet. So we could talk about the problems in defence. We could talk about the problems up front. But we don't know if they're actually going to sign these guys. And if they do, then great. They'll probably be fine. And they'll probably batter everybody and win the league and win the Champions League. If they don't get them, then we need to think a bit more about it. But until we know, you know, until those futures are resolved in terms of the transfer market stuff, we don't actually know. But now with Messi thing coming to a, a pretty much a conclusion... I actually had to look at those issues a bit more because obviously they can still um, change. And yeah, that's one of the points I've made. Um, The long lockdown was three months. And I was thinking and kind of hoping from City's point of view, especially in terms of the Champions League, that they would go back into it. You know, we've talked about it before, like a mental break as well as anything, and obviously a physical break. And they would come back and, you know, something would click and they wouldn't have those problems and they'd be fine. But as we saw... um, with Chelsea game, it was still every three games, game, yeah, and the Arsenal game in the in the in the cup semi, and obviously Leon, which Leon was just like the perfect example of it, um, and that you know that three month break didn't make any difference, and the Leon game was just over three weeks ago, um, and obviously it's good in a way that City aren't starting this weekend coming like everybody else, just because it's a bit more of a gap. So to go back to your question of what's stopping it carrying on. There's two, and that is the players slash Guardiola sorting themselves out because, and they should because Guardiola is brilliant and the players are brilliant. Um, but I mean, can, will they, um, or do they need the other half of it, which is the new signings? And it, they need new signings. Yeah, but I, I suppose kind of in that, uh, even even the three month lockdown break that they got. When they came back to it, they were still a long way behind Liverpool. They were still, you know, everything was still geared up to a load of dead rubbers effectively before the Champions League kicked off. So I just, I do wonder if the fact that... Yeah, there is the motivation there to go from scratch. Is that what you mean? Yeah, it's just, it's it's a completely new season. It's a clean slate. It's not like, even though metaphorically the lockdown was a clean slate, it it, like actually when you got back into it, it was just, oh, well, Liverpool are going to win the title in one or two games, whatever it's going to be. 
and then that's that sort of thing. It's still it's still very easy, I suppose, to play kind of ten percent lower. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and like the other the other thing I've I've kind of put in these in this preview now is the fact that the Leon game was so recent. It's easy to kind of go into this season negatively. It's basically like an international break, isn't it? It's basically like losing after before an international break and then coming back. And everyone's thinking, like, do you remember when they lost at Wolves, at home to Wolves in October, and then it was Crystal Palace away after the international break? And I remember yeah. loads of fans thinking, oh, God, there's no way we're winning that. Um, and obviously they did in the end. And that and that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. Like, It can easily switch around. And like that's why I mentioned the players and Guardiola, first of all, because like Sterling, Aguero, De Bruyne, they, they'll put up like, either scoring or assisting the, the majority of those 100 Premier League goals, again, you'd imagine. Um Mares, Laporte, Carl Walker, consistent players. Um, Ake and Torres will help. Um, Cancelo and Rodri, you can expect better from in terms of it's their second season than they will have settled in, you'd like to think. Um, you'd hope Bernardo Silva will be much better. And then the other players, like, this is the thing, we, we talked about this after Leon. like, do we think that these players or Guardiola or both can turn everything around in terms of John Stones, in terms of Otamendi, um, I mean any of the left backs. Like I'm not really sure, but at the end of the day, it might not matter. Like you might not need Stones and Otamendi to turn it around. If they is Otamendi likely to be in the in the squad next season? Are they not no, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, he's not. Um, and I don't think Stones is. I, I still don't think. I know Stones has done a couple of social media posts saying love it here, can't wait for next season or whatever. But the only way I don't think Stone, the only way that Stones carries on next season is if nobody makes a good enough offer. Because Guardiola clearly doesn't trust him. Well, clearly, like there's, that shouldn't even be a controversial thing to say. But that's what I mean. Like it would be interesting if he did need stones next year. And we're talking about look because as much as we talk about they do need signings and they do, like there'll be plenty of neutrals and there'll be plenty of City fans thinking, well, hold on a minute, this the squad's never mind the price of it because you know it's easy to go. Well, this starting line will cost two hundred and seventy five yeah. million or and you don't always get what you pay for. Yeah, f- no, you don't always get what you pay for. But at the same time, like there is quality there. Like, okay, I don't know, you might think Otamendi's useless or you might think Zinchenko's rubbish or whatever. But you would think that look, there is there is quality, there is something in there that you would think between their quality and Guardiola's coaching ability, that there's more to come. And obviously no, nobody's gonna say last season wasn't disappointing, the last season wasn't a letdown. So they do need new sign ins because every team does if they want to kind of keep things fresh and and go again. And like you say, with that three week gap between now and the Leon game, the easiest way to change things is, apart from like the motivation of a new season, is the motivation of getting new players in. But I don't think anybody should lose sight of the fact that, you know, the, the most of the players that are going to be in the squad next season need to to do better. And again, I didn't even mention Gabriel Jesus. You know, he put up his best numbers, but he'd missed 24 clinical chances in the Premier League, which is more than anybody else in the league. So he's got another target and he needs to be more clinical. And then all of a sudden, if these things do come together, then... And they score 100 goals again in the Premier League. We'll find out if that 100 goals is enough to have the best season ever, statistically or whatever, like it was in the 100-point season, or if it was only enough for last season, which nobody's going to remember fondly from a City point of view. So, like, it, that's why it's such a weird, a weird team. Like, because it was a weird team last year in terms of they're really good, but you never know what you're going to get. Um, and that wasn't long ago. Um, the, the signings they've made are good, um, Ake and Torres, but I wouldn't say just yet they were transformative signings and they definitely need more. 
um, and we're waiting to see if they'll get more. So it's it's still a kind of uncertain time to be looking ahead to the season. No, I think I still think they'd be very strong. And as I've said last year, even when they were relatively poor, and I've talked about their problems in front of the goal, I always called them relative problems because they're still a really good side. But you know, being a really good side wasn't enough last year to to actually win anything. Not major, major. So yeah. they do need they do need to improve. But at the moment, I I don't know. I uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you who I think is going to win the league. I think it'll be between City and Liverpool again because I think Chelsea have got a a big gap to make up. They've got it in terms of quality, but in terms of like belief and concentration and that, if they need to get more than ninety points, um, that's a big gap to make up. They can do it, but it's a big question. Um, and the other big question is, um, can Liverpool keep going? And then the big question about City is. Will it be the same as last season, or, or will they or, fix it? Or can they the reboot? Moment, yeah. No, I, yeah, I think they. I, I, they've certainly got it within them to reboot, but I'm not 100 percent certain. I, I was going to ask about firepower because uh, Aguero is is fresh from his Twitch streaming and uh, and playing Fall Guys online. He's back in training. Yeah. Um, uh, do, does he need some help this season? Because it always, yeah. I, I know City fans always always feel like you know when Aguero's not in the team, Gabriel Jesus doesn't cut it. Well, like I, I tweeted about Jesus. I was like, we have this conversation every three months, but I think it's like every three weeks now, every three games. Like, after, well, I suppose after the Leon game was probably a dramatic example of most people who were tweeting about Gabriel Jesus were saying he's crap. Um, but after he'll score a hat trick or he'll do something, you know, he'll score one or two goals, the consensus on Twitter is that he's really good, and that's what I mean about having this conversation every three games, weeks, or months. It, it always switches and the fact that there is still a conversation to be had suggests that no he isn't Aguero um, I think what I've decided is that no he isn't Aguero and he never will be but he's a very good player to have and like so yeah if you're talking about support and firepower and if people say City don't need another striker this summer I would say they absolutely do and it's better to have too many you know if they were to have another striker and Aguero and Jesus and then Aguero were to leave next summer or even stay for another season but play much less, that would be better for the sake of this season and having firepower than waiting until Aguero goes and hoping for a smooth transition. Because also you'd get whoever, if they do sign somebody this summer, I'm not sure if they will, Like it's going to be difficult. You want them to get their feet under the table as well. Um, and Jesus will just have to go with it. You know, It's not make or break for... Well, in my opinion, because, God, I've talked enough about how... City have considered selling him in the past. Um, and like it would have made sense if they would have swapped him for Messi. I, I, I'm convinced of that. Um, but he he does need to show that more clinical edge. And obviously he's getting there. He scored more goals than ever last season. But again, ultimately, it's very hard to say <laughs> harsh to say they are worthless, but they didn't win City anything, really. And he needs to he needs to be Aguero in that sense of the goals he scores are important goals. I was going to say Real Madrid. He can do it. He, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not. No, yeah. It sounds like I've been banged to rights there, and in a way, I have. But you know, you know what I mean. Like it was not like when it's scoring the, two at the Burnley thing, and missing an open goal well, yeah, against this, United. This the, yeah, exactly. This is the point I've made a lot, and also now it, it kind of it overlaps exactly with City's problems. Like it's all well and good beating Watford eight 0 and then winning. How many games did they win in lockdown? Five nil. It was like, it was literally five games they won in lockdown, wasn't it? When they won five nil, but they couldn't score at Southampton, and they couldn't get another when they had a really good chance at Chelsea, and they couldn't do anything against Arsenal, and they missed those awful, awful sitters against Leon. 
ration those goals out. And it sounds easy, it sounds like too easy to say or easier said than done. But they've done that. You know, they did that in the Centurion season. They got the goals when they needed them. And that's what Jesus needs. Exactly like you said about Burnley. He scored two fantastic goals against Burnley. But yeah, um, before, in the game before that, missed a really good chance against Newcastle, if I remember rightly. And then at the game after, missed a good chance against United. He wanted him to be more consistent. He wanted to score in those bursts. And, you know, he's kind of getting there. And he scored against Leicester before that goal against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. And he was kind of getting there. And then, lo and behold, the lockdown happened. And then he's come back and kind of streaky again. But like, like I said... I, He's a good player. I, I'm, I've always said, even though I've been the one reporting that City aren't 100% confident in him, I'm always saying he's not Aguero. I think we're probably going to have to get used to that. But he is really good and he's worth having because he, he does score plenty of goals. And then to bring it back, back to what you were saying, yeah, he's scoring plenty of goals, but get somebody else in to get their feet under the table. They can replace Aguero eventually. They can add in goals, whoever it might be. And that, for me, would be the ideal scenario for, for City this season. They definitely need another striker, I'm saying. And look, you could probably have Liverpool or United fans going, this is ridiculous, how many do you need? But I don't care. <laughs> Let's talk uh, Phil Foden as well, because uh, David Silver obviously isn't around for, for next season. Foden has been long talked up as the heir to his throne. Uh, this is is talked about as the season where he really comes into his own. Made his senior England debut uh, this week as well. Uh, wasn't exactly fantastic, but then again, none of the England team were. What do you reckon? What what what, what impact do you think he'll have next season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, playing for England and playing for City is completely different. Um, that England team wasn't up to much um, generally. Again, he had some bright touches early on, but then, you know, kind of faded a bit and wasn't his usual vibrant self. But, you know, that ha- has happened at times when he's played for City. You know, he's played in games and he's he's not um, he's not lit things up as he often does. You know, probably every, you know, out of 10 games, he probably plays really well seven times out of 10, I reckon. It was Which is obviously it, really good. It was the cup final, wasn't it? He played really well in the cup final, one man of the match, yeah. and then had a stinker at Old Trafford. I think the weekend. Yeah, after. exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's fine because he's young, and I'm not. That's not a criticism. But like, so I'm saying, like, it's not unusual for him to have not played brilliantly for England because there are times when that's been the case with City, and you know he's 20 years old and he's and he's coming in, and also, you know, I, the England team got a lot of stick yesterday, and look, they're not, you know, they're better than Iceland. They should have been better but at the same time it's that's basically a pre-season friendly for them you know then they're not in any kind of rhythm from their own club game and then they've got they're not actually playing with their clubs they're playing with england and you know it was a, a bit of a stodgy approach from the whole team and they're not fit and they're not in a rhythm anyway so i mean what do you expect and i mean he's good for it obviously we know that <laughs> but to be expecting him to carry an england team that's not playing particularly well um it's, I'm, you know, I'm not going to hold it against him, but yeah. and like to go back to what I was saying earlier, playing for that England team in particular compared to playing for City, completely different. Um, I've no idea where he's going to play next season. Obviously, look with Ferran Torres now, there's one less spot you would imagine in the forward line. Although maybe I think Bernardo might play as a number eight a bit more, so maybe you know there's effectively the same amount of bodies in front of him, and he's still got plenty of game time. Uh, I think he can still play number eight. Plenty. Obviously, I've said a lot about how Guardiola sees him as a different player to David Silva. But at the end of the day, look, Guardiola, he could probably, well, he definitely could. He could come on this podcast or sit in a press conference and say, this is why I want Gundogan to play instead of David Silva. 
and it's because you know he holds onto the ball and he doesn't get caught out of position and he uses it quickly and i value that much more than somebody else who can maybe create more chances but will leave us more open on the counter attack and he could justify it in a way that we would all say fair enough but despite that i'm thinking Guardiola surely you have to find a way to not use Gundogan in that role um, and to instead use one of the more forward-thinking players like Foden, like Bernardo Silva, and make it work because, and again, he could probably say, look, Sam, you're an idiot. You don't know anything. This, <laughs> that's not that's not how it works. But I mean, surely, surely, okay, it doesn't have to be against Liverpool. It doesn't have to be against Barcelona. Well, they're crap. But there's, yeah, there's the plenty of teams in the, in the Premier League it could happen against, yeah. Yeah, like... Just if you if you can't break down Southampton at home, maybe you do need another Foden in there to to actually try those passes, to try that dribble, and not you know just move the ball quickly, which has its value. And I've I've made that point a lot. I appreciate the value that obviously David Silva, and then to a lesser extent because he's not quite as good as David Silva, um, the Gundogan brings. But look, if you're not breaking the team down. Okay, you might be worried about the counter attack, but if you've got Koulibaly and Laporte back there and Ake left back and Walker there, suddenly you've got a defence that can actually deal with it. And if Rodri's better, you've got someone else who can deal with it. So it's not so much of a risk. And if you gamble a bit more, this kind of goes back to that fear thing and the, the control thing that the Guardiola wants. If Guardiola could find it within himself to say, okay, yeah, it would be worth playing Foden there, it would be worth playing Bernardo there and having a bit more firepower, maybe that's one of the answers to to City's problems in terms of breaking down defences. And look, you could probably explain why that's nonsense, but I'm quite happy with with that suggestion. I know it's not FIFA. I know you can't just put all your best players in the team, but um, I would certainly like to see it. He's just got that ability to score and create goals. Um, so, yeah, that that's what he can bring. But I don't, I don't want to say um, that's if Guardiola uses him properly because I don't think anybody expected him to be used as a winger and Guardiola has used him very well and he's brought him through very well. And a bit like Messi all those years ago, Guardiola's input has made him um, a better player than he might have been under another coach. But um, is it I'd a like sense of if Guardiola uses him enough? Um, yeah, but because, because we all, we all want to see him more this season. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not going to be like you know a lot of people could have this conversation and they could have a bit of a negative spin on this and they'd be like, oh well, Guardiola this, Guardiola that. But every season the Ferdinand's been around the first team, he's played more than the season before. And there's no reason to not believe, there's no reason to believe, sorry, that Foden will play any less next season than he did last. And look, maybe there are reasons. Maybe the fact that they've got Ferran Torres, um, the, the fact that maybe they get a striker or a false nine, I don't know, whatever they manage to do. You could say he's going to have few opportunities or maybe you could say, well, look, those games in lockdown didn't mean anything, so it was easier for Guardiola to play him, or whatever it might be. But I know I think there'll be there's enough games, um, as we found out on Sunday. There's going to be a Carabao Cup game a couple of days after the Wolves game. Um, so look, there's there's plenty of opportunities for everyone. You'd hope that Foden doesn't just play Carabao Cup, but no. My, my answer is yeah, it depends on how how much he's used. But I think even though he played a lot last season, a lot a lot of games for somebody who's um, twenty years old, but you know nineteen at the start of the season. In a team as good as that, that's a very rare. Um, and I, th- I think he'll he will play plenty of games again. Um, part of it is how he's used. Um, I would like to see him in that number eight role alongside De Bruyne, even if that means that Guardiola finds that um, solidity or control from another way. And maybe it's just the fact that there'll be another man in midfield, someone will drop deep from up front, or just like I say, if they got four 
fast defenders and Rodri's doing better, then, or Gundogan's playing number six and he plays it like he did at the end of the 2018-19 season, then you've got great protection there, so crack on. Really, Sam? I'm honestly feeling a lot more upbeat already. Um, I just, yeah, I just, well, listen, this is it. Like, it, it, just, it just feels... But it can flip on his head. Like, I yeah. know City haven't beaten Wolves um, at Molyneux in, in Wolves' two seasons in the Premier League. They've been hard games. Although, to be fair, City probably won, should have won the first year. They've been hard games. And after the Leon game, it's easy to go into it thinking, oh, God, this could be difficult. But if City win that 3-0 and Ferran Torres gets two assists, um, Sterling scores a couple of goals, um, and I don't know, Foden does play number eight and he gets the other goal, then all of a sudden you're thinking, City are going to win the league. So I know how quickly these things can flip on their heads. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not... Like, there's definitely questions about next season, but, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm every bit as confident City can... can um, Turn it around and, and do really well. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not certain. But there's, I, I can certainly foresee a situation where we're talking after the Wolves game, and it's like, well, this team's going places. Yeah, I, uh, I can't wait to see. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I feel, I'm feeling good already. So, uh, so I think that's a nice positive note to end on. Uh, that's it for this week's Why Always Us. You've been listening to Sam Lee. Thanks very much. And to me, David Mooney. Don't forget, you can sign up to the Athletic with a 30 day free trial right now by using the code Man City Pod. <laughs> 